Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at mybankersvault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns, and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com. Tired of the 9 to 5? Tired of only dreaming about the things you want to do? Want to have more time for your family? More time for you? More time for you? This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we interview qualified guests in the real estate industry all across Canada. We want you to live life on your terms, and we want to help you break through to that life through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. Now your hosts, Rob Brake and Sandy McKay. Good day, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. As usual, with me here again is Sandy McKay. How's it going, Sandy? Hey, I'm fantastic today, and uh, yeah, couldn't be better. How about you? Couldn't be better. What makes it so good? Tell us all about what's making it so great today for you. What's making it so great? We're doing something fun today. I'm looking forward to it, um, which I've been sharing you know, in the lead up to this event is we're hosting the first ever Vaughn Real Estate Investors Club, which if people are listening to this across Canada, they don't know where Vaughn is. It's just north of Toronto. And um, yeah, it's kind of a, an area that's been missing something like that, that local you know, group meetup club type thing, which is where... I mean, I share many times throughout this that you and I first met at one of these uh, Durham Real Estate Investment Club. And you know, I've seen that flourish over the years. And uh, we're hoping to do something similar with the Vaughn uh, Investment Club. So kicking that off today. So I'm excited. That's awesome. Sounds like fun. And like it's in person. In person. In person only. Wow. Not even a hybrid. Like it's yeah, <laughs> we're back in uh, 2019 days here. That's great. That's great. You know, what's kind of fun, what uh, what they used to do at the Durham meetings is, especially in the winter, like it is now, to sort of ask who's come from the farthest place, right? Yeah, yeah. It's always interesting to find out. I know we're going to have people from Niagara, at least. That's pretty far. Um, That's pretty far. I know Durham, we might, have a, we might have a Kingston. Kingston's really far. That'd be yeah. good. Um, You're going to have to measure it because sometimes there's a battle over who's actually further. I'm sure, know. you know, they've been running theirs for 10 years, at least, I would say now. They they must get Kingston, Windsor, probably. They'd, they'd spread the whole, yeah. whole, whole bit of Ontario. I mean, they had, I, I don't they know. had guys coming down from Gravenhurst, like two-hour drives to get there, two yeah. and a half, whatever. So that was kind of fun. 
but uh, that's awesome. Okay, well, congratulations and all the best on that. Thanks. That should be good. Um, yeah, I'm just doing more of the same, doing some deals down here. And, you know, it's been exciting because the majority of the people that I've worked with uh, here in Costa Rica buying vacation properties have been people that I've talked to uh, and have come through the show or at least through connections that were made through the show in some way, uh, whether it's, you know, the Durham REI club or some other real estate clubs that we've been in touch with just over the years. And that's been the majority of the people that I've worked with here. So that's been a lot of fun actually helping Canadians. Cause like, that's the goal of this show and it always will be. So, um, if you are interested in uh, figuring out maybe how to get a vacation property down here, get in touch with me. I'm sure lots of people are. That's a, that's a trending area for sure. I, I see I see someone mentioning Costa Rica every day. Uh, yeah, every day. Every day. Yeah, there's usually people. Like a lot of people reach out and I understand, you know, it's a big jump. And, and, uh, and it's funny because some people that I've worked with have never been here and bought three properties. Yeah, You know, and other people um, have got to come here three or four times before they, you know, do any kind of job. But you, and both of them are really cool because it's like one, you look at the numbers, the numbers make sense. You know, you understand the whole point of the the, uh, you know, the draw and, and the occupancy rates and all that kind of stuff. And that's good enough. And the other ones are like, well, I'm going to use it, too. I want to make sure it's in the right place. Yeah. I want to you know, be comfortable in it. It's got to be right for our family. So we got to come down and check it out a couple of times. So, um, but all in all, it's just been great. Well, man, you've been there for, uh, I was just thinking about that uh, in the last years. couple of days, two years now, two years. Well, like brief stint back in, uh, in April, May of 21, just to get everything. But other than that, we've been here for two years. Wow. So, Pretty and cool. Pretty cool. Trade uh, it. Yeah, I bet. But uh, okay, into the into the housekeeping. Um, everybody listening should go to breakthroughreipodcast.ca. Listen to all of our past episodes. Talk to all of our past guests because their contacts, for the most part, are in the show notes. So if you're interested in a topic, something they've had to say, uh, reach out because all of our guests love to talk to people. You know, that's the whole thing. Networking is is always part of this whole deal. So um, you can reach them there and you can get our free gift. Of course, our free gift, the ultimate strategy for building wealth through real estates. Uh, of course, when you sign up for that, you'll get on our email list. You'll never miss out on a show, but also everything else we got going on. We've thrown out info on Rob's uh, tours down in Costa Rica on there before and, and all this stuff that's going on in our world. And uh, yeah, you don't want to miss that because there's always something changing and new exciting opportunities. So uh Go do that. And what else do they got to do, Rob? Uh, go to iTunes. Rate and review us over on iTunes, of course. Everybody knows that, though. <sighs> We've only been saying it for nine years. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about what? that today. I was like, nine years. We should almost, it feels like we should celebrate. But, I mean, 10 years is not too far away. So that might yeah. be a big one. Yeah, exactly. We'll wait for that one. Start the planning for that, for, yeah. Yeah, um, but you know something we used to do is read some of the reviews and we haven't done that in a while so maybe next show we'll get back on there and read some of the reviews that because people 
have really great ideas and they and they also leave us you know good advice good tips and of course you know always have nice things to say for the most part so uh, well, we really should... like hearing that and if you haven't done it go over and leave us a rating and review and let us know say? what you want to hear too right because we've had yeah. uh we've had i mean we've talked about most things at this point on the show uh today we're talking about something we're diving deeper at least on something we've never we've maybe touched surface level we were talking here before the show and we definitely haven't dove deep on it so uh yeah if you have uh, different ideas things are changing faster mm-hmm. than ever right now in the world and uh, there's people doing so many different things so throw out some ideas for us there and uh let us know what you want to hear and we'll we'll line up the best expert we can find across canada for it well on that note i think it's time to get to our guest let's do it Let's do it. We've got Charles Crompton here, ready to go with us, standing by. Charles, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Andy. Morning, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. very great. Thanks for being here. We're excited for this one. I'm going to read a little bio on you, and uh, you can add to it after if you like. Sure. Uh, but, but Charles, a um, little quick backstory that I have on you is that you quit your high-paying corporate job of 12 years uh, recently to build an Airbnb arbitrage company. 12 months later, you got 55 listings across three provinces. 10 full-time staff, four co-founders, executives, one operations managers, and five VAs. So lots of systems and tools and people there, I'm sure. And you are the first Airbnb arbitrage company to also provide wholesale services and various coaching packages. And so we'll touch on that, I'm sure, today. And a couple of specialty projects you have, which is which sounds interesting too, that I'd love to hear more about, is uh, the girls' getaway, Niagara on the Lake. Uh, you've got Aplex in Kitchener, where you're running a boutique hotel for traveling professionals. So really interesting stuff in the Airbnb arbitrage space. It's almost more hospitality to an extent, which you know I'm going to love to hear more about. Um, and you're primed for major expansion in 2023 and uh, and probably beyond. So uh, that's what we're going to touch on today for the most part is, is diving deep on how the heck you've done all that and what that <laughs> looks like. And you know the really cool part, quitting your job uh, to do all this too, which I'm, you know it takes a lot of uh, a lot of uh, what stones, balls, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> um, so that's cool. Um, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, where should I start? Well, I was just going to say that this the topic that we're talking about is Airbnb arbitrage. And that, like, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, I what have no that? idea even what that is. But before we get into that and sort of define what it is, um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you got interested in real estate, how you got started in real estate, you know, first off. Sure. So I would say I'm, I've been interested in creating wealth. That would be the, the topic, you know, that, that I've been most interested in really since I was young, I went to school for, for finance, uh, came out of school and, you know, got my CFP and was always going to just focus on wealth creation. My parents were terrible with money. Uh, so I wanted to make sure I went the other way. Uh, I just knew that, you know, creating wealth was just going to allow you to pursue whatever it was in life with, with greater volition, right? Just more time, more resources to to pursue whatever your purpose is. So uh, started early creating wealth um, passively on the real estate side. Um, I definitely got my, my first real estate uh, or rental property when I was a kid, uh, 23 or 24, um, but stayed pretty passive with real estate for the most part, um, just buying turnkey properties and putting long-term tenants in there. Um, I would say I was more aggressive and engaged on the stock portfolio and, and investing side. That's my technical back background as a chartered investment manager. So that's my expertise. Uh, leverage stock portfolios is really where our, our wealth has come from. So wealth, was, wealth creation was always the, the purpose. And I would say, um, you know, 
last summer after 12 years of creating wealth and working a day job, uh, I think it was just needing a shift. Uh, something needed to change. I lost motivation. I lost sense of purpose. We have money sitting in a bank account, but I, I didn't want a day job anymore. So that's where this all kind of happened. Super cool. And then, and then real estate, uh, well, do you want to get into the arbitrage yet or do we want to dive deeper on that first, Rob? I mean, hey, we're here to talk about the arbitrage thing. I get mean, right we can it. get the backstory a little bit too more. It's like he, he, I saw the intention right there. It's like, yeah, I bought a couple of places, put some long-term tenants in. Let's get to the arbitrage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's not too much exciting on the real estate investing side. I'm always interested as an investor, but um, I mean, my stories on, on the, the typical real estate investing side are, are, are pretty boring and traditional. Yeah. So let's talk about the concept then of the Airbnb arbitrage and how it works. Yeah. So simply put, you're leasing residential properties from real estate investors. And so in, in turn, you're becoming their tenant. You pay the monthly rent and utilities that you agree upon. And then you're subletting uh, through various short term and midterm rental platforms. And your business, uh, the profit earned is simply the, the difference between the two, uh, simply put. So when you're uh, when you're seeking, I, I got to say, too, this is I think pretty timely. I think this is an interesting. I mean, been really interesting for a little bit, but one of the challenges I see with people right now, especially uh, in medium or big markets across uh, South Ontario, is that people are lacking cash flow for sure. And you know, when you look at the opportunities and options that are out there for an investor who maybe has properties already, but now their interest rates going up, rental rates going up too. But you know, you need tenant turnover, and that's the challenge in Ontario, as as we all know. Um, so the cash flow is drastically going down, sometimes by thousands of dollars a month, just based on the interest. And this is a potential solution because hypothetically, they're going to increase their, uh, their rental rates or at least that amount that comes into them as the investor, the landlord could increase through this. Um, is that something that you've seen? Like, a, has there been an uptick in this activity based on that on the market and, and just the... Yeah. Yeah, certainly. It's been wild since we started this just a year ago, just over a year. Um, I mean, arbitrage was a brand new concept. Almost no one we spoke with had heard about it. Uh, and very few investors were running their properties as short-term rentals. Everyone was doing the long-term rental thing. And all of a sudden, when the game changed, uh, when mortgage rates went up, uh, everyone's looking for cash flow. There's been a huge um rise in the hype of short-term rentals in general. So whether that's arbitrage, trying to do what, what our company is doing, uh, or whether it's investors just turning their traditional long-term rental properties into short-term rentals for that extra cash flow, we're certainly seeing way more listings uh, on the market today than we were a year ago, at like two or three times as many. See, I was thinking that one of the challenges might be convincing the uh, owner of the property, like, because, you know, initially when the idea first comes through my head, I go, man, that's a lot of traffic going in and out. There's a lot of people going in and out of there. But then when you actually like dig into it and dive into it, it's like the Airbnb has got to be clean all the time. It's got to be in good shape. It's got to be nice. It's got to be attractive or else no one's going to rent it. Right. So, so, you know, I think that there's a lot more bonuses on this side for everybody because like that place is going to be kept spotless where you got long term renters in there. Sometimes you come back in a couple of months and go, like, is this even the same house that I rented them? And I've yeah. been in that situation a few times, you know, where, you know, 
I mean, the, I, my house has been destroyed more than once. That's right? it. So you, this is actually quite a quite an interesting way of keeping it in top notch condition too. Well, you nailed it, Rob. Uh, we I got into this concept by listening to a podcast myself. So I told you last summer I was um, so called you know eighteen months ago I was bored. Um, someone referred me to a, a podcast about arbitrage, um, and so I, I listened to it as someone who did it here in southern Ontario. And I realized there's a few people doing this, uh, but I thought they were missing the boat on something. They, they were calling it arbitrage um, fine, um, but they were really focused on the numbers, right? The difference that they saw in the, in the opportunity between short-term rental revenue and the long-term that they would pay. So they, they saw that the numbers were there, but that's what they were focused on. Um, being a long-term investor myself and dealing with long-term tenants, some horror stories um, myself, I saw that this was an opportunity to build a company that served real estate investors with the, with the arbitrage service that we provided. Um, and once people started to understand the difference between a traditional tenant and us being your tenant, I mean, it, it just became obvious to them. Um, in the beginning, we had to, to talk people through it, you know, overcome some of their initial objections or, or, or thinking. Uh, but within a few months, uh, it was wild. We Everyone just started coming to us. Uh, we had real estate investors reaching out from all over the place every day. Uh, one or two would say, hey, lease my property, lease my property, because they started to get, you know, reduced risk. You know, you're, it's a partner that's your tenant in your home who's respected in the community. And like you said, we need to keep their property outdoor and indoor pristine at all times for the success of our own business. So they're constantly getting deep cleans for their property, inspections, and we also act as their property manager. We take care of everything. That's a good question. I was going to ask that, the property management side of it, because I've been, I've been talking to a few people about this in the last couple of months, just because I've been really trying to narrow down, even personally on some of my properties, I'm looking at them going like, be nice to switch this cash flow thing up here because there's some challenges with the interest rates. And Airbnb arbitrage somewhat in circumstances can make a lot of sense. And, um, and yeah, I'm looking at it going, that's a great option because of all the reasons you just said, but the property management side of it was always a, a thought too. I'm like, who actually, who's, who's taking control of this? Cause not having to deal with property management is a major uh, advantage if you're a landlord and not just having to think about that stuff. Like there's that's so many it. challenges that come with that. And, that's it. I would say the way we built our company, we, we have two sets of clients, right? And I don't think pe most people think of it this way. Our first client is the real estate investor who's leasing us their property. We're not just using their property. They are our client in every way. And our objective is to give them peace of mind on their rental properties and give them their time back to focus on what they want to do, which is acquiring more properties. Uh, dealing with tenants and property management, I mean, the, the headaches and time that comes with that, us as investors, we just accept that that's part of real estate investing. It's not something that we want to do. We want to focus on on, on building the portfolio. Um, and so that's what we try to do as a company is give them their time back. Uh, you just know, hey, if you've got a good rental property that you know Charles and team are going to lease this thing out and manage everything from A to Z, snow removal, lawn maintenance, uh, coordinating technicians for, for appliances. Uh, we have a full run business on the property management side before we even talk about how we serve our guests on the hospitality side. So what's the, what's the, what are the numbers like roughly, what do they generally look like? Like what's the, what's the markup type thing? Cause I can, you know, in my mind putting my, maybe I'm a client type hat on in this type of scenario, I'm thinking about what is, you know, they want to know 
typical property management is going to cost you, right. you know, what, eight, seven, eight, ten percent, eight, nine, ten percent, somewhere in that range, um, just for the management. You got maintenance, repairs, leasing, stuff on top of that, generally. That's traditional uh, property management. Then Airbnb type property managers out there, not Airbnb arbitrage, but just the ones you see just really just managing Airbnbs. You know, I've explored that quite a bit in the past 17, 18, 19, 20, 25%, somewhere in that range, usually. I would imagine it's like very complex, right? Because there's so many different variables that have to go in. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, again, it's like when people ask us, hey, how do you structure a JV agreement? It's like, well, you know, there's there's not a specific answer to that. So, you know, because, and another thing too, is you probably have to turn some clients away that call you, right? Like lots. Yes. Because they they don't fit in the box or you go, well, you know, who's going to want to rent this place uh, short term for yes. three nights? Like nobody's really going to want to do that. But anyway, right. sorry. Talk about what the sort of the numbers like Sandy was asking. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you're you're both on on the right topic here. So, really, what happens is an investor reaches out to us. We, we've almost, we haven't gone out to find a, a new a landlord in, in months and months. They're all coming to us. And essentially, what we're doing is we run a projection on their property. So they'll come to us with their property. We send them a, qu- a brief questionnaire. It takes five minutes for them to fill out just to give us information about the property and what they're looking for. Uh, and then we do our due diligence and we run a 12 month projection on the property as a short term rental for our business. So from A to Z, uh, revenue and expenses, what does this look like? And therefore, what is the rent that we can offer? And it really is just a negotiation between two potential JV partners. And that's how we think of it, that we're going into business together on this property and the numbers need to, to work for both. Um, and if they do perfect. Um, And if not, that's okay. High five. And uh, if there's another property that comes up, um, reach out to us again. And so I would say in general, we pay around market rent for for a given property, plus or minus, depending on the property and the location and and other factors. Um, But it's in that neighborhood. And so once investors start realizing that, uh, I mean, the risk that they take on a traditional tenant versus us uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a no brainer. And I think that's why we just have so many people come to that's why 55 listings was possible. We didn't have to go hunting for that. It, it, it came to us for the most part. Right. Right. And I think that the, that the analysis that you guys are able to do is a big part of it too, right. To be able to, you know, take in all the variables because of the experience that you have and, uh, and, you know, come up with a, a scenario for the yes. property. You know, and I, I think that, that helps us create a lot of clients as well. I, I think it's it's the credibility and background of our four owners. So we do, as you mentioned in the beginning bio there, Sandy, that we, we have four co-founders and executives of this company. So it's not just one person. It's not just me. Four people started this company. Uh, and our financial and investing backgrounds are pretty extensive. Uh, I mean, for myself, I'm a certified financial planner, chartered investment manager, my partners, uh, one's a CPA accountant who worked at a big uh, corporate company for a few years. Um, the other's a chartered financial analyst, CFA. Um, so we come from deep financial backgrounds and we run a very professional business. And so it allows us to assess numbers really well. We have complex financial models. And then we're just able to be fully transparent with our clients, right? We're able to say, hey, this is the number that we can offer you uh, for your, your rental. And either it works or it doesn't. Um, and so it's it's been pretty smooth. Is it the average landlord is not necessarily overly business savvy in general like there's you know everything you know there's tons that are and tons that aren't at all but sure. the average one is not necessarily but 
you know, when we ever buy properties, you got to look at it and go, this is a new business you're starting, right? We need to know the the numbers on this projections, the actual numbers month to month. What's the, what's the actual like net profits we're getting out of this thing and all the different variables there. And most people don't really treat it like a business, but part of the advantage is probably with partnering with you in, in this, in this uh, format would be, would be just that upfront version, right? You're getting almost a business analysis of your property and able to see now where the holes are or the gaps or, you know, how you've been running it. And, um, that's, a, that's value right, right away. I think it opens the door. Most real estate investors haven't explored short-term rentals. They're aware they exist, but most haven't gone that route yet. And so I think this is a great way certainly to, to partner with a company where this is all we do. And I think the, the level of expertise required to optimize a short-term rental is, is so much deeper than people realize. There's so many moving pieces to, to do it the right way. And so I think simply partnering with us, uh, not only will we take care of your property, pay your rent guaranteed, but yes, I think you create a partner for life and the opportunities for, for joint ventures and other specialty projects. I mean, that, that's what's happened. I think we started with, um, when we first launched this business, we had no credibility, right? We had no properties. We didn't have a business. And so our first number of clients is pretty much a door knocking technique, right? You're just cold calling and door knocking average landlords and more or less convincing them of this model. And it, and it worked, but it was, it was tough going. Uh, whereas since then, we're attracting more big time real estate investors who value their time and respect someone who's going to, you know, maintain their quality of, of their asset. And what's happened is they start off with one property and now we have some investors that we, we lease, you know, eight or nine of their properties. And we're also going to do a joint venture in the U S on a short term rental. Cause of course they trust our level of expertise. And so we're going to be the active partner on that. So I just, once we create a client, um, I mean, the opportunities from there are, are endless. Uh, one thing that, uh, okay, there's, I, get, I have so many questions that keep coming up here in my mind. Um, are you signing, are you like an actual tenant? Like, are you signing a lease with the um, with the landlord, like a traditional lease, like you're a yes, normal sir. tenant? I, I look like a normal tenant, yeah, on paper, yes. Okay, that's an easy one. And then, uh, and then, so I guess the only caveat around that, I guess I'm thinking is, oh, you have the same rights as a tenant would. So it's not necessarily, it's not like someone's running their own Airbnb where there's no tenant there is a formal tenant in place which it's, it's you it's probably better than an average you know the average tenant but it's uh but there still is that you know there's still those in ontario there's still those potentially there's those challenges with the landlord tenant board all that crap yeah um, technically although um and so we kind of assess that ourselves and we realize i mean technically speaking yes we have the same rights as uh, with the landlord and tenant board but if you think about the motivations of the person inside the home it, they're just non-existent, right? So, yeah. so think of a regular tenant, the reason why things come up, usually it's not intentional, right? The tenant gets in there, they want to live in this home, they lose their job or something funny happens, they can't pay rent. Yeah. Well, guess what? For the sake of their family, they're going to stay and they're still not going to pay your rent just because they need to protect themselves and their family. Right. Whereas with us, I mean, it, it, it just... I don't think I don't see how it's even possible. Uh, I mean, I guess there's two scenarios. One is that we're we're already making money on your property as a short term or midterm rental. Uh, the chances of us making not enough to cover the rent, uh, I think, is almost impossible. Um, but more, maybe more importantly, let's say if our business wasn't working out or we weren't profitable, the worst thing that would ever happen hasn't happened yet. I'd come to you and say, "Hey, Sandy, I'd give you lots of notice." Unfortunately, this property isn't working for us. We're really having trouble in these areas. I'm going to give you 60 days notice pay you up fully on rent and leave the property. It's going to be pristine, as you know, and you get to get your market rents back up. So there's yeah. really zero risk of a t of the worst case scenario of a tenant who's 
staying and not paying or who's not taking care of your property. Those are the biggest potential risks of a long-term tenant and they just don't exist with us. Right. And I think sense. the first clue, Sandy, would be like if you're renting your place in, in one of your places in Hamilton or whatever, and, you know, the person says, yes, I am actually coming in from beautiful, sunny Hamilton to stay in your Airbnb in Hamilton. You might be like, hmm, I don't know. That seems kind of funny. Why do you want to do that? Right. Like you know, generally they're coming from somewhere else, only staying a few days and then they've got to go back to wherever they came, wherever they're, wherever they live. Mm -hmm. Right. So <clears throat> the who, uh, who, uh, reason to stay in the place is pretty difficult. I would imagine. True. Who, who does the, um, staging or not, not staging. It's like the furnish, furnishing and all that sort of stuff and, and setting it all up. Do you guys, do you guys do that? Does the landlord do that or do you, uh, uh that's, do definitely, all that? that's definitely our company. We want to make this truly as seamless and, as possible for the investors so that once we've agreed on the rent and utilities, that makes sense that you are hands off. We, we take it from there and what you can expect, we take over the empty home. Uh, we, we design, invest in the staging and, and uh, furniture supplies, security, et cetera. We set it up, stage it ourselves, get it on Airbnb. And then we act as your property manager. If anything comes up, uh, we coordinate absolutely everything for you. Um, nothing else. Those and then costs, I assume, are on the landlord, though, I would imagine. The, uh, the, traditional arrangement, yes. Uh, yeah. If anything is to do with our, our guests, um, it's it's covered and paid for right away. So let's say someone, you know, uh, falls in and puts an elbow through the drywall. Um, we'll let you know, uh, but we'll patch paint, make sure it looks brand new again, and just send you the FYI, and we, we cover it. Um, if anything is just wear and tear on the home, um, yes, we, we would ask for the landlord to reimburse uh, as usual. Yeah. So the girls get away. That's your idea, uh, obviously. They, you, you you might come up, I'm assuming it may be in the right scenario, you come up with a bit of a, you know, I see a lot of these Airbnb kind of like, they're, I don't know what the word is. There's a good branding around them, at least. Slightly good themed. Themed, maybe. Themed. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's it. It's, it's a themed property. And, and so the, that, that's just it. There's so many creative ways to make this work, right? So I'll, I'll be pretty transparent. Uh, we're paying the landlord uh, way more than market rent for that property because of the specialty of it, because our projections show that we could, and, and he needed it for it to work for him. Um, his mortgage was, was huge. And so he was planning to sell the home in this market. He wasn't going to get what he wanted for. It's a beautiful home on Niagara on the Lake, just beautiful, but it probably dropped in value by, I don't know, at least half a million, if not a million. Um, and so he didn't want to sell it anymore, but he was forced to um, until we came along uh, because we said, Hey, well, we're going to pay you almost double the market rent almost double uh, because our projections show that even paying him double, which is going to cover his costs of his mortgage, uh, we are still going to make a strong profit, not to mention build up our brand, our reputation for doing something special like this. So uh, it worked for both parties. Uh, he couldn't be happier. He couldn't imagine this opportunity existed. Um, meanwhile, we have this cool property that went viral, by the way. So cool. We, we had an influencer help us with it. And so we knew we couldn't do this on our own. We didn't have the skill sets for it. We needed someone to theme this the right way and to connect with the right audience, which was, you know, 20 year old girls, essentially. <laughs> and so we uh, we hired a uh, or we partnered with, I should say, a social media influencer uh, with the right target market. And she helped us design and theme and promote the place. And I think our launch video for this property had 2 million views in, within the first week. And I mean, we don't have much of a following. So this, this kind of just came out of nowhere. It was on 680 News and uh, it was all over the place. Really cool. Wow. Yeah, that is very cool. Tons of value. And like, that's, that's, uh, that's what I love about it. That's a, that's a really valuable, you mentioned this, this scenario uh, specifically, right? If you have people that are 
like whatever reason they have some challenges with their property i mean this can be a really really good solution instead of selling it you know selling it or or whatever else they have to do what a great option that, that's been the fun part is that once you're a short-term rental expert once 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 we're in this space it's not arbitrage anymore it's we're short-term rental experts and we have so many ways that we can help other investors find alternative solutions. And one of them is yes, uh, they think they need to sell their home and we could be that alternative. It could be managing their property as well. So you mentioned call it 20% to manage a property. Uh, that's another just huge time save, right? You just know the experts are on it. So we manage a few higher end properties uh, for people with that you know 20%-ish number that works for both. We design and stage uh, places for people. Uh, our expertise, of course, is the return on investment of that design and staging. So you can get a lot of design companies, interior design companies. I would not recommend them mostly for your Airbnbs. Um, they, they're not numbers people. They are aesthetic people. Right. And unfortunately, you as an investor, your focus is your return on investment. And they're going to, in most cases, overspend unnecessarily. And your place will look beautiful, but the numbers just don't make sense. Whereas for us, We'll take a look at the property. We are experts on the demand in that location for this type of property. We know exactly what your guests want and what they don't need. And we're going to make sure you're spending the exact right amount of money from multiple vendors to get your highest return on investment. So just we're having so much fun in this space because we just feel like we can help so many different investors in so many different ways. And, you know, I agree 100 percent because I have run into this problem, especially when I'm trying to, well, it's not a problem, but I've run into this issue where, uh, you know, I, I would help investors, right, get into certain properties and I would be the sort of the boots on the ground. Here's what I'm going to do. I know exactly how to to uh, renovate this basement into yeah. a legal apartment, you know, so I'm here doing this and you're going to be the money. Right. And uh, people first thing they say is, can't I do this myself? I'm like, of course you can go right. ahead, you know, go ahead and do it yourself. So I think that that like, I mean, so then look at that scenario you were just talking about, right? Well, could that guy have done that himself? Well, yeah, he could have, but he would have had to do the research on what people want in the area. He would have had to get a designer to go or, or try and figure out the design himself, try and get this influencer to help push it, you know, do all of these things that you guys are doing, run the analysis figure out what the what the rates are going to be like all of that stuff and I, I think that that a lot of times people don't understand the huge value in that and plus on top of that you guys were able like you said to give this guy a premium you're not just going well i'll just give you market rent right no we gave like, him a big one for sure give, um give and, but i think you nailed the crux of rob I, even us before yeah. i got into this short-term rental space i knew that there'd be a lot of variables and you'd have to learn a lot i I had no idea what I was talking about. It is so much more work uh, and, and there's so much more expertise required to perform, especially now, as we mentioned, um, talking about so many more listings, right? It was different before when there was way fewer listings, right? You do an average job and your property's gonna perform just fine. Now with three times the number of listings, you should see how many listings there are in Hamilton, it's wild. If you do this on your own, you just can't do it. Not, not to mention the the time and the headaches that you're going to deal with trying to run a short-term rental with a guest and cleaner turnover and management. Um, it'd be a nightmare for most people. But way beyond that, it's it's developing the the skill sets to optimize like the the search engine optimization of Airbnb that that algorithm. I mean, it would take you a, a year of running multiple properties to know how to optimize your property so it outperforms others, and so. 
yeah, I think most people realize that when they try doing it on their own, that this is not an investment strategy that you can just add on to your portfolio. It is not an investment strategy. It is a full-on business model that requires a high level of expertise of serving clients better than everyone else, better than all your competitors. And if you're not ready to build a full business that excels in this space, don't dabble. Hire some pros. It'll be worth your time and your investment. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a lot no. like, uh, it might be a lot like, I guess, Rob and I are realtors, so we can, we can uh, be, we're biased in this, obviously, but it sounds to me, it's similar to like a for sale by owner versus a realtor coming in and Correct. all the stuff the realtor is going to do. <laughs> obviously, they have to get you a premium or else you can just do it yourself. And you no know, sideways so. pictures on the ad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You got it. Like the, the, someone who's done it like yourselves and done that many, many, many times over are going to be way better qualified and able to just get it done easily. And all these little things that are, small tweaks probably, but massive differences like SEO you're talking about. And huge, huge. It, it changes yeah. the game, right? Because I mean, if you're, if your revenue depends on your average daily rate, right? If you're making $200 a night, um, you know, if, if you're only able to get 65% occupancy compared to us at 85%, I mean, that's your entire profit margin. It's gone. Um, mm -hmm. and not to mention you're spending all the time and headaches actually running this as a short-term rent to yourself is just it's not worth it in most cases unless you see yourself if you have the time the energy maybe it's your your full-time investor yeah start up a short-term rental arm of your business and be ready to become an expert and build the systems processes software to be to get there if, if that's what you want to work towards by all means get in there and learn but if you're just wanting to dabble uh you definitely want to work with the pros what was um uh, so we talked like you, you exited, you know, we don't need to get into all the personal stuff. You exited your, your, um, your ex role career to do this. Uh, there was, I'm guessing there was like a, uh, was there a big investment, I guess is what I'm asking upfront to get this off the ground. Um, is that something like if someone's hearing this and they go, oh, I could do that too. I want to build this into my exit strategy for my, my other career. Um, what, what did, what did that look like in terms of upfront cost or, or any challenges around that? And, and how are you able to exit your other career so fast? Sure. Yeah. We, we certainly had a lot of advantages that, that most wouldn't have in terms of the speed in which we did this, but anyone else could do it. It just, it's a slower ride. You'd probably have to do it as a part-time gig. You'd have to work your full-time job and do this part-time until you build up, you know, a little bit of a portfolio before you can make that shift. Um, as I mentioned, I've been a wealth creator, if you will, from when I was young, like that was always my focus. So, you know, my wife and I, we live in a beautiful home. We have kids, um, but we have a lot of money sitting in the bank account. Um, it was there for retirement. That was the purpose that we we're building our wealth so we can retire early. But all of a sudden we realized like, geez, we're only 34. And if we want to retire, it's still going to be at least 15 years out, you know, 12, 15. And that was just too far. I, I couldn't do a day job anymore. So we thought, hey, this money is here to create freedom. Um, if we can find the right opportunity, why don't we just put it to use now? And so we had enough money in our bank account to certainly pay our bills uh, and fund the business for for a while. Um, and we had some benchmarks on, you know, if this happens, then, you know, we need to kind of if it doesn't work out, we got to go back and get jobs again. That was essentially the, the default that we're going to give this our, our full effort, go all in. Uh, if it doesn't work, jobs will always be there. Um, but, yeah, we, we invested um, just getting into some numbers. We invested 350 grand in the first three months into about 23 or 24 properties. 
So that was everything. So that was equipment, um, some legal stuff, setting up corporations and a lot of furniture decor at first and last month's rent on 20 something properties came to about 350 grand invested, 360 maybe. Um, but the cool part, so that means we, we had 360 grand invested, 20 something properties. This was March or April at this point. We didn't invest another dollar. So that money invested, that seed capital got us those first 23 something properties. Now we're approaching the 70 uh, number in the coming months will be around 70. We haven't invested any more. So we've just reinvested the profits from those first few properties uh, to get to where we are today. So the, the numbers certainly are, are working. And you're doing this uh, where, how, geographically, how far are you reaching on this? Um, seems to be pretty far. Yeah, so predominantly we're, we're in Ontario. That's where we live. We're in Burlington and our partners are in Kitchener. So we started locally uh, so we can be hands-on, obviously. Um, so most of our business is in, I think, six or seven cities in Ontario. Uh, Burlington, Hamilton, Kitchener, Windsor, London. Um, and then we tried out Calgary. I actually bought, uh, my wife and I bought a couple properties out in Calgary to test the short-term rental market there. We thought it was a good place to invest. So uh, we are running it in Calgary and in Moncton, we have a pretty big portfolio as well. So we're just kind of piloting those two areas. They both actually seem stronger than Ontario, uh, to be honest. So we're going to uh, ramp up expansion in both those locations and we're heading to the U.S. Uh, later this year. Any specific U.S. markets or? Uh, we're doing the uh, doing our internal research right now. We're going to. We're going to do this extensively. Uh, there's just so many markets and we want to build essentially our own internal database for really what makes an ideal market for arbitrage and short-term rentals. You know, lay out all the criteria that's, that's involved in, in the best long-term markets for our company. And then we're going to go find them. We're just going to fill a database uh, full of information in different cities um, and then pick out our, our top five or seven. It'd be easy for me to throw some obvious ones like Texas or Florida, um, Chicago. <laughs> We've heard all these ones of why that they might be good. We just think there's there's better. If, if too many people know about these spots, they're not the best ones. Uh, there's better ones out there. And so we're going to go find them. But uh, I don't have the names yet. So you mentioned that there, the number of listings has grown significantly. Um, I, I noticed, like, I've talked to a couple of people that, you know, over the past few years have gotten into this because of, especially in Ontario, since we're sort of talking about Ontario, the um, COVID had affected people to the point where they were going north, looking for a vacation, even though they couldn't get away. And now that things have sort of changed, right? Like uh, um, that's dropped off. Have you noticed anything like that happen? Like, is that why there's, were you talking available rentals or just like rentals in general, but is that why more are available now? Uh, so what do you mean by, by more available? Well, you were just saying that the number of listings is up drastically. Oh, I see what is you're saying. That... The supply of short-term rentals is, is up, yes. Uh, and and then demand uh, is not meeting that, that supply, uh, to, to be fair. So uh, especially in vacation markets, though, Rob, I, th I think you, you kind of hit the point there. A lot of people were looking, um, running short-term rentals at vacation-type properties or cottage properties, getaways. And I think those properties aren't seeing the performance, not nearly the performance that they did during COVID. Um, I think both 
the demand quite, isn't quite there because of the recession and inflation that we're dealing with, and there's way more supply on the market. So both both variables are, are headwinds right now for getaway properties, and okay. I think they're feeling it. We are predominantly in suburban and city markets uh, where there's always a need uh, for, for short-term stays. Mostly traveling professionals is, is the big one. That's Our families, visiting families. Okay. Yeah, so way more predictable and consistent, um, the occupancy in, in all of our lo- prime locations. Uh, whereas cottages is, is is huge fluctuations year to year depending on on the demand. With that said, though, we are still feeling it. So in, in these suburban markets, overall the revenues are down for Airbnb across the board. Just the natural supply and demand. There's way more listings, and the demand is maybe stagnant, call it, but just uh, way more listings brings the revenue down across the board, which again speaks to the importance of running a professional business uh, because 90% of the listings are being run by people who are just doing this part time or, or, you know, they got a, it's their own rental property that they don't know what they're doing. They're trying, but unfortunately they, they can't compete with the big players who spend every waking moment with different job responsibilities, figuring out how we optimize each one of our listings. They, they can't compete with the pros. Makes sense. And you would say then the typical client that you guys have in your place is either someone coming in for business, like you said, or, or visiting family. Yeah, so they're not locals. They're yeah. mostly people from even like where? Where are they from? Oh, all over the place. Depending on on, on the city, we get people traveling uh, from from all over uh, for various needs. We also get a lot of people who are out of their primary residence. Either they're they sold a home waiting to go into their next home, or they have renovations happening, or an, a plumbing issue, and so insurance is covering their stay. Uh, like we just have a lot of needs for short-term stays where people don't want to be in a hotel Um, and so it really is consistent we also look for a lot of hospitals and schools usually are are phenomenal for for short-term rentals so that's why kitchener is so strong it has two great hospitals there um, and a school Um, and so yeah you just look for where there are going to be consistent uh, needs and demands and that's where we're we're expanding our business do you uh do you guys do you do any condos or do you focus on more? Uh, Cause I, you know, Airbnb and condos always to me goes towards all the different rules and, and all yeah. stuff that can change. You keep it to the freehold properties generally. For the most part. Yes. We, we do have a couple of condos, but uh, for scale purposes, yeah, we're looking to freehold uh, multifamilies is, is, is where, is where all the, the value is for both sides of the relationship. So for the investor who has the multifamily and for us, it's a win-win both ways. If you can think about it, instead of like the Aplex, that's an obvious example. So they have an Aplex. Instead of hiring a property manager and trying to figure out eight different leases and eight different tenants and everything that comes with that, we signed a master lease. Done. We agreed on rent that covers the cost of their building, that the number that they needed, we were able to meet that number. The rest is on us. We have eight vacant units. We stage and furnish them all and we run it as uh, our own little boutique hotel because we have all eight units. But the value to the investor is massive, obviously. And the value to us is huge because of the economies of scale and the multiple doors that we have all for all of our cleaners uh, and all of our you know maintenance folks. It's all in one location. So the value becomes greater the more properties or units an investor has with us and especially if they're multifamily. Okay. I don't even know if I want to get into it, but how do you get an eight unit property vacant? You'd have to ask the investor on that one. That wasn't us. Uh, (laughs) So they turn it over to you. It's vacant. 
Yes, which is really, really that's our requirement, right? We, we, we have only yeah. two real requirements. Yeah. Definitely units all need to be vacant and they need to be given to us in pristine condition. We're not renovating these properties. We'll, we'll stage and furnish them, but they need to come to us as properties that will perform well on Airbnb. Everything right. needs to look pristine. And that way we can keep it that way. That's the other part of it, right? That if, if they're coming to us that they're not perfect, it just makes the relationship more challenging. We take them in pristine condition and we give them back uh, that same way. We need to know this guy's secret. Maybe you pass us along his information afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It was uh, two sisters. Um, it was it was pretty crazy. They they had it vacated and and fully renovated and handed over the, the full property to us that way. That's but Moncton's awesome. similar. Another investor, mostly duplexes and triplexes, but we're his tenant for all of those properties. Like the value, I think that's when people start to realize it's it's not for one single family home. Sure, there's still value there. There's still less risk and a better tenant certainly. But the value comes when you have a growing portfolio and you have one trusted partner who's paying your bills, who's paying down your mortgage and providing you a service. I mean, the people start to realize uh, what this really means, big picture. And that's when we have the big time investors coming to us. And that's really who we're looking for. People with a growing portfolio who fully understand our value and giving them their time back. That's who we want to work with because that's the service we provide. Man, there's so many questions I have. We could keep going on this for a long time. Uh, what, what, uh, wh one thing I wanted to touch on, I might be a quick answer, but uh, what's your biggest like technology that you use to gather data and stuff? I, I have a feeling I know what it is, but what's the, what, maybe there's one, maybe there's 10, I'm sure there's a bunch, but to get data on like what the rates are and stuff like that, what's a tool that people can go? Yeah, use? you'd be surprised. I mean, the one that everyone knows is AirDNA. Right. Um, we don't use it. Almost really? at all. Um, yeah, if you think about what AirDNA does, right, it's it's an aggregate tool, right? It's taking all of the listings and running averages. And as we talked about, 90% of these properties are being run either part-time or only part of the year or by non-professionals. And so the numbers just, like, they, they almost provide zero value. They're just not relevant. And so we have created our own, you can call it software. Eventually it'll be software. Right now it's just a very complex financial model on a spreadsheet. But essentially, we are able to we manually collect the data that we need, the relevant data to run our own numbers. We, we don't rely on third party software, at least not yet. It doesn't seem to be good enough. Oh, that's interesting. That, that is a different answer than I was expecting. I was expecting AirDNA for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's cool. That's, that's interesting. Uh, we always I want to make sure we got this question, Rob, because we always ask this question. We kind of missed it this time. But what are some of the what have been some of the major challenges with uh, all this yeah, you know, yeah. starting this up and getting to the point where you're at now, which seems pretty, I'm sure, you know, business is chaos for the first few years in lots of ways, but I'm sure it's, it sounds it's certainly smoother than it was at the beginning. I'm, I'm guessing what, it's what have been those challenges? Smooth, certainly smoother now. Geez, I, we could have a whole fresh new podcast on all the challenges that we've faced yeah. in the first year here. Um, but cutting to the, to the, the big rocks, I think simply growing a business this quickly was the biggest challenge. I mean, there's just so many moving pieces that you, you don't consider. Uh, and so we were launching in multiple cities at the same time, all remotely. Like we, we were not in all these properties. We were launching like 18 almost at the same time. So we were essentially learning and applying on in multiple cities with all kinds of local teams. Um, it was it was a disaster, frankly. Right? 
Oh, hectic would be an understatement. But and you know, and frankly, our partners were the ones leading the charge here. We brought in the business, so I was really the one working with our investors, creating the clients, um, serving our real estate investors. My partners are the ones really focusing on leading the operations of optimizing the short-term rentals themselves, and you know, designing and launching these properties. So they were the ones dealing with with most of the the chaos. Uh, to be fair, um, I still thank them for it every day. But what we said from the beginning held true uh, that. When you're building a business, in, in my view, there's so much more value in just going. Call it spending the money in being inefficient so that you can learn faster and build your business and your reputation mm-hmm. faster. So call it launching 20 properties at once. Return on investment wise, not smart. The amount of inefficiency there is just crazy. You're losing money all over the place. Your properties aren't launching. They're sitting vacant for a whole month because you can't get to it in time. All kinds of you know overpaying mistakes being made. Waiting um, on we, this, we, waiting on that, yeah. But we probably so we call we lost tens of thousands on being inefficient for our first three or four months. But if we consider the amount of learning that we achieved in in those months and frankly the word of mouth and our story that we created from it the return on investment of the 20 or thirty thousand dollars lost to inefficiencies i mean it's that was the most it was our biggest mistake and at the same time it was the biggest reason for our success is how well i mean you've got to build the teams anyway right like you can't build them without having the 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 something for them to do that's it that's it yeah. Create, you know, build the business, uh, spend the money building the business and knowing that you're going to make the money back afterwards. So, uh, yeah, I would say just the speed at which we've grown has been by far the biggest challenge. Um, we just we're constantly hiring and training staff. We're changing yeah. our processes and improving them constantly. Like our revenue was like one point five million or something in the first year, even from an accounting and book keeping perspective, we have tens of thousands of transactions like we didn't have the we didn't have the systems in place to manage this kind of stuff. And so. I can't even tell you how challenging this has been. This has not been easy. It's been extremely difficult and stressful at times. But um, I mean, hey, when you enjoy what you're doing, it, it makes up for it. And you're delivering a good, good, valuable service. I think it's got to be part of that too, right? There's some so much fun, you know, bit of a fun fulfillment sort of aspect to that um, by really truly helping people. Certainly. Um, cool. Um, we're running out of time, Rob. What else? Do we, anything else we gotta we gotta make sure we get here? I think I well, probably uh, you had a mentorship program you're starting. You, do you want to talk about? Tell us about that. Yeah, sure. So, over this time, we've had so many people reach out to us, you know, asking us questions, asking if we'd provide coaching. Uh, the answer was no for the longest time. We just had to focus on on our own business, our own operations. But uh, we're a little bit more stable now. Uh, we feel like we have become experts in this space. Um, and we're ready to start sharing those insights on really how we did this to help others do it. Uh, we just think the opportunity in a short-term rental world is only going to grow. I mean, uh, we are really, Airbnb is, is brand new and how it's being used today. These short-term rental platforms, it's all new. Uh, people are working remotely uh, more and more. The world is just going to become more global. Uh, so I think the space is going to grow and there's not many players in it. Most of them, aren't professionals. So there's only a few of us. There's a few companies who are the big players in this space. And we're one of the biggest ones. A year after we started, we're one of the biggest short-term rental companies in Canada. Uh, I mean, that's wild. And so I think that just speaks to the opportunity. And we want to start coaching and and working with others uh, to do what we've done. So we've built out a mentorship program. It's a 12-week dedicated program uh, with support from us, from 
everything from A to Z, including all of our proprietary resources, how we find properties, how we talk to our real estate investors, and how we serve them. Absolutely everything. We open up the hood on absolutely everything we've done to build this company uh, to help others uh, you know, follow the path. And like you said, it helps that you're not just doing it yourself. You've got you've got partners with specific expertise, you know, different backgrounds. Everybody yes. came together to to be able to do it like this. Yes, great call. And for a business this complex with with very different responsibilities, we definitely encourage and recommend if you're if you're going to be serious about this, find at least one partner. Don't do it yourself. There's at least two different clients. So you, I think you need at least two different people, right? Yeah. You have your real estate investor and you have to create a whole business that serves that real estate investor in more than one way. And it needs to be good. You can't just be an average service. You need to be the best. So you need to figure out what that looks like before you even think about how do you stage or run a short-term rental from a hospitality perspective, a whole separate client and skill set. Mm-hmm. And so call it if you have at least one focusing on the real estate investor, one focusing on building and optimizing short-term rentals. Now you have a company with two people and I think that's the best place to start. So what is, if you can give one piece of advice um, that's always stuck with you or that's helped you, you know, that maybe can help somebody starting out in this, what would it be? I'm going to say the, a quote that I like it's it's ready, fire, aim in this space. So instead of the, the ready aim and, and then fire overthinking and, and not taking action um, doesn't work here. Um, you know, if you want to create something special here, um, know that you want this, you know, have that that why behind it. That's that's the being ready part. But then act, you know, take a mentorship course, whether it's with us, there's other players in the space as well. They're, most of them are all really good. Um, but just take action, get in there, get your first property under your belt and, and just take action because the rest will come. Um, so that, that, that's the one piece. Yeah. I like that. And, and, uh, you know, I think the key to it is that it's, it's ready fire aim. It's not fire aim then ready. Like there is some aspect of understanding that you need first, but don't like, I mean, Sandy and I used to, we haven't done this in a while, but we used to, you know, sort of say at the end of the show, it's like, all right, here's our little call to action, everybody, you know, if you've just started, you know, give yourself a timeline, say in three months, I'm going to have a property under my belt, uh, you know, love that. or and something I think- like that, like, cause you can learn forever. Right. Absolutely. So, and we, we do the yeah. same thing. We, I listened to this podcast in October of last year, mid October. And I said, by the end of the year, I'm going to have my first property. That was the mm-hmm. goal. I was going to give myself that whatever time that was, it was 12 weeks or something like it. Um, and of course I, not only did we have our first, I had quit my job inside that 12 weeks after right. running the due diligence. But yeah, give yourself that time frame of when you're going to take action, then take action because the, the amount of learning in this space is the key. It's not like real estate investing. It's a little different. It, it the, the learning is what's key and you can't learn until you actually are running. Right. Yeah. You just can't do it. The theory doesn't make sense with this business. And so that first property is going to give you all the learning, going to make a ton of mistakes. You're going to learn and you're going to, you're just going to keep building. So get the first one. It's not that expensive. Get your first property, learn a ton, and then you're just going to be rocking and rolling. Yeah. You're not going to understand potential problems either that come up or, or even like even sort of anticipate them until you are in that spot. That's it. That's it. You got to get that first one. And that's the benefit of this business model, right? It's only that, yeah. 
Sorry. Uh, I mean, I think that this is sort of a little call to action that we should do today, Sandy. And then anybody listening to this, you know, challenge yourself. Um, to, 12 weeks to, is a good number. 12 weeks is a good, not too long, move, not too short. Right? I mean, that's a very fair, if you can't, you got to do something in 12 weeks, you should be able to get some outcomes. Every mentor, that's why they say, like, that's why they say, go get this mentorship program or some other mentorship program, right? Because, you know, when you're putting down the money that it costs, I, I don't know, you're, I don't know what yours costs, but I'm just saying a lot of these mentorship programs are, are quite expensive. And that's because they want accountability. Because people don't want to go out and say, yeah, I spent eight, ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars on this course and did nothing with it. Right. If they go out and they spend, if they put this down, they're yes. going to listen to that person that says, now you need to do something with what I've taught you. Right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, you make move. So, okay, guys, 12 weeks, 12, 12 weeks, weeks to buy something. Cool. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Charles will have a lot more in 12 weeks than uh, than a <laughs> Yeah, that's right. But, <laughs> Certainly. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on and sharing all this stuff. This is um this is really interesting. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed learning all about this stuff. Awesome. You know, again, like Sandy said, something we haven't really dove into before. I had fun. So thanks for having me. And uh, maybe I can get on again in a year and uh, I'll let you know where we're at and how our businesses have uh, evolved from here. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Definitely. How can people reach out to you? Yeah, I think Instagram is, is the best spot. Uh, so our, our handle, I think you'll have it in the notes, but it's at Crompton underscore elite underscore REI. Uh, that, that may change sometime in the future as we you know f- figure out our marketing between our, our partners. But uh, for now, that's where you can find me uh, or just send me an email, charles at CromptonElite.com. Beautiful. Yeah, that'll be in the show notes, everybody. If you didn't get a chance to write that down, just go to the show notes and, and the links will be there. Sandy, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, Sandy at McKayRealtyNetwork.com. And you can reach me at Rob at MrBreakthrough.ca. Thanks for listening, everybody. Get out there. Take some action. 12 weeks. You've been listening to the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. And we hope you've been inspired to take control and live life on your terms. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And don't forget to subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. See you next time.